Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcast at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. I am so excited that you all are here for another episode of the Homecoming Podcast, and I have such a special treat for you. You're going to be so excited as we're facilitating the journey home. I am being joined today by Tina Lifford, who you all know as Aunt Vi on Queen Sugar, along with being an incredible, gifted, deep actor who really uh, embodies characters and brings them to life in life-giving ways. She is also uh, a counselor and is the author of The Little Book of Big Lies, which I have been engrossed in for the past week or two weeks, carrying it around with me. It is such a gift. And as soon as I read it, I knew I wanted to share it with you all because this is the core of how we get disconnected from ourselves and needing to confront these lies so we can tell ourselves the truth. So I am so glad that you are here with us. And here as we are thinking about uh, the term you use of inner fitness. And can you tell us about what is inner fitness? Yes. So inner fitness is, I mean, to define it, it is uh, the development of mental, emotional, and spiritual skills and practices that support us in becoming more resilient, uh, developing inner strength and grit, and um, being able to more proactively resolve unresolved emotional um, uh, issues in our lives and just begin to consciously thrive versus... um, react and survive. Mm-hmm. That's that's our definition of it. And uh, to, to make it more accessible, I, I see inner fitness as just, it just makes sense when you think about physical fitness and all that we know about the importance of physical fitness. Mm-hmm. We know you know, the importance of diet and exercise. We know even if we don't actually, um, you know, follow a good physical fitness regimen, we know that our bodies require or they work better. uh, We become more resilient and stronger and our overall health is um, impacted through diet and exercise. You can be a couch potato and you can be that couch potato very comfortably because somewhere in the back of your mind, you know that if you get tired enough of laying on this couch 
or you go to the doctor for a checkup and he says it's time, you will know exactly what to do. You're going to put some tennis shoes on and you're going to exercise in some way and you're going to pay attention to your diet. We should have very clear cut directions for our inner health and well-being as well. We should know where to start in terms of taking charge of our inner health. And we should, um, for me, inner fitness is a way that we can actively and proactively and prophylactically tend to our inner health and well-being before dis-ease becomes disease. Yeah. And it's so uh, important. And I appreciate you being intentional about getting the information to people, because as you said, people could list off what they need to do for their physical health. And even now, you know, awareness about what we're eating and plant-based diet and all of this, um, but emotionally and mentally struggling. And so one of the things that I really connected with in the book was the dream with the three cells. And can you please share that dream with our listeners? Oh, I'd love to. Um, So I want to first say that how the dream came about Mm -hmm. um, is that I was literally like yearning. And, you know, yearning, yearning isn't, an emotional experience that I actually really love. It's sort of where, you know, in between this, uh, this sort of ache for something, you know, and the excitement uh, uh, around the possibility of it, right? So I was in this yearning to know more about uh, self, you know, S-E-L-F. I had Um, I don't know where this yearning came from, right? Which when we don't know where it comes from, we know that it is a directive of sorts, right? And I I remember um, probably 15 years ago, sitting down uh, to my big clunky computer and going to uh, a biblical concordance, right? And I don't even know what Bible came up, but it just occurred to me to type in the word S-E-L-F. And when I typed in that word in this particular concordance, nothing came back. And that's exactly what I did. I went, actually, I didn't go, "Mm." I went, oh my goodness. Self has been left out. We are taught to leave ourself out. And self is not that selfish, ego-driven part of us. It's the essence of who we are. It is the I am that I am. But if we're taught to ignore it, if we're taught that claiming it is in some way uh, an ego uh, action, it becomes, we are then taught to 
reject ourselves, to avoid ourselves, to to, um, discredit self. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the problem. Absolutely. Right? It's so true. I'm so glad that you're saying this piece of it because so many people will even avoid going to counseling or therapy because they say it's selfish. And if I'm just going to sit around and talk about me, I should be serving others or doing things for others. And it is being taught to erase ourselves. Yes, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. That's exactly right. And and so it was that um, that aha moment and that frustration. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I want to know more about self. You know, I want to read about self. I want to talk about self, that inner something that is uh, alive and driving regardless of our circumstances, right? Mm -hmm. And so what happened, um, which I believe is just another one of the the mystical aspects of life, mystical meaning these, there are things that take place on a regular basis that we don't yet totally understand. Yes. Right? Absolutely. That makes it mystical. Mm -hmm. And so one of the mystical things is all of us, when we really want to know something, when we, you know, start to think about something on a regular basis, have that inner yearning, answers, things happen, and we become introduced with the very thing that we're questioning or curious about. And so I went to bed one night, and I had this dream. And in this dream, I was walking, it was an overcast day, and I was walking up the beach, and up ahead, I saw two people arguing. One person was uh, facing the ocean, and the other person had their back to the ocean, arguing with the person who was facing the ocean. And the closer I got, I realized that they were both women, and the closer I got, I saw that there, that actually it wasn't an argument. The one with the back to the ocean was doing all of the arguing. And she was flailing her arms and stomping her feet. And the closer I came, it, it, it almost seemed like she got even more activated trying to draw my attention to her. But interestingly... I was fixated on the quiet, compelling one. And I was like, there was something about her presence that was just pulling me towards her. When I got maybe, I don't know, 10 feet away from them, they both, they, the, the, the arguing one stopped. They both turned and looked at me. And then the quiet, compelling woman stepped forward hugged the arguing woman, and then they looked at me, and I saw that they were both me. And that, I'm telling you, when I woke up from that dream, my life was changed forever. May I share? Yes, please, please. (laughs) So my life was changed forever because... I realized what those three selves were. Okay. 
I realized what they were in my life. And mm. then I got like, if, if, if this is happening in my life, yes. if this helps to make sense of my life, mm. maybe it will help to make sense of the lives of other people. Yeah. And so I named those three selves. And the arguing one is called the surviving self. Mm. And the surviving self literally her its nature is mm-hmm. war. Its nature is worry, doubt, and fear. Its nature mm-hmm. is something's wrong and it's against me. Mm-hmm. Its nature is uh, to be at odds with everything. Mm-hmm. That's the surviving yeah. self. Yeah. The thriving self, the thriving self was the self that was actually moving up the beach. Uh, the thriving self was actually me in my dream. Mm-hmm. And the thriving self is that part of us that is always moving forward. Mm. It is always being pulled and moving towards that greater uh, yet to be. It is always in operating from a sense of hope and possibility, mm-hmm. from enthusiasm and openness and excitement and curiosity mm-hmm. and love. And, uh, and the thriving self allows us to move up the beach of life mm-hmm. and in this dream towards the infinite self compelled, pulled, attracted, Mm -hmm. even in the midst of the the antics of the surviving self, Mm -hmm. that thriving self in the dream was just fixated on the infinite self. Mm -hmm. And the infinite self, that self that was just there, just being and so powerful in that being, Facing infinity, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's the part of us. I like to to uh, give the analogy of that part being like clay. You can take a lump of clay mm-hmm. and you literally, depending upon your skill, you can mold it into anything. Right. I mean, there's no limit to how that clay can be molded. But at the end of the day, it's clay. And it you can you can strip it of that particular design and start all over again. The infinite is the part of us that is birthless and deathless. It is infinity. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, depending upon the term that you prefer, it is God. It is it is infinity. Mm-hmm. It is universal. It is everything and nothing. Mm-hmm. And to realize that we, each one of us, walks every day with this, these three cells. Mm-hmm. I was going to say this triune, these three cells inside of us. Mm-hmm. And that we move in and out of these cells all day, every day, we are more practiced at living out of the surviving self. And and it's really great to understand why. 
our nervous system that we are using, it has been in development for, you know, 500, 600 million years. It started developing, you know, back when we were a one cell amoeba. So it has gotten this far through survival, through being very aware of its surroundings and taking note of anything that feels scary or risky, and then using that fear, keeping it close so that it gets us to act and react in ways that, you know, hopefully guarantee our safety. But of course, neuroscience is finding out now that uh, what happens is that the um, the cortisol, the 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 uh, fight or flight mm-hmm. um, system that gets turned on. Um, I think that's the parasympathetic mm-hmm. sympa- uh, uh, system mm-hmm. that gets turned on. If, in fact, we don't know how to step in and work with what we have emotionally learned, then those reactions, you know, they live on automatic. And then they dictate who we are. Mm -hmm. They tell us that we have to be afraid and they make us afraid and we react in knee-jerk ways over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so where our, our traumatic experience, and they don't have to be traumatic as, as, as traumatic as, you know, childhood abuse or sex trafficking or, you know, uh, sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can be as simple as, like with me, mm-hmm. being on a stage in the fifth grade and having this debilitating stage fright moment where I felt literally all alone, isolated. I froze to the point that literally I could, I could hear through the fog of my mind. I could hear the pianist trying to help me find my way, right? But I'm, I'm whatever age fifth grade is. I'm stuck on that stage. These lights are pounding down on me. And finally, my teacher came to center stage, picked me up like a little cardboard, and took me to the wings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Acting is the only thing I wanted to do, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And here I have this stage fright. Right. So I spent years, decades, mm-hmm working on rewiring that emotional experience. Yeah. And uh, you're a testament that the rewiring is possible. So one of the things that we've been talking about is just like trauma affects the brain, but also healing can rewire, right, and reprogram the brain. And so as you talk about um, various types of traumas that they tell us lies about ourselves. And so can you speak about the connection between the lies and the survival self? Yes. So in the book, the little book of big lies, um, which was just released in November, 
I define a lie as any event, person, or experience that left us feeling less than, not good enough, separated from ourselves, or afraid of ourselves Mm -hmm. in any way. Mm -hmm. And the lies come from everywhere. They come from our families. They come from teachers. They come from, you know, experiences just like I I, I, uh, spoke about in terms of the stage fright. Any experience that leaves us feeling at risk Mm -hmm. and loss is a lie if that experience now has shaped us in such a way that we are less than ourselves. Mm. that we are less than ourselves, that we begin to limit ourselves in some way, that we begin to uh, avoid and be afraid of ourselves and or life. Mm. That's a lie. And we must take our power back from such lies. Mm -hmm. The surviving self, it's so It's so interesting because the surviving self, you know, is not a self that we want to get rid of Mm -hmm. because the surviving self has gotten us this far. The surviving self has a very important job. Mm -hmm. And that job is to teach us to be on the alert for danger. Mm -hmm. Right? What's exciting is that with the development of the frontal lobe and the executive decision-making process that is now online inside of our brains, we can be more conscious and uh, uh, proactive in calming the knee-jerk reactions of the surviving self. And for me, Mm -hmm. just literally seeing that the surviving self, the thriving self, and the infinite self existed gave me a leg up on knowing Mm -hmm. that I could, I could marshal the power in the thriving self and the infinite self and begin to effectively um, limit the reactionary nature of the surviving self. Yeah, which is why I think it's so powerful that the infinite self gave the hug, right? It's the accepting and the embracing as opposed to people who are like, I hate this part of me or what's wrong with me or I'm broken, um, but to take in yes. all of all of the different aspects of who we are. What's beautiful about what you just said, because yeah. that's a part of the dream that I love. Uh, and, yeah. and, and the dream, you know, kept sort of d- defining itself mm-hmm. to me, giving me the lessons within it for years. Mm-hmm. It still does. But what's beautiful about what you just said is that when the thrive, when the infinite self stepped towards the surviving self and hugged her. Mm-hmm. That really is a lesson that we all must begin to reach for, to effort, to actively 
include in our lives. Mm -hmm. And what I mean is we are, and you you tell me, mm -hmm. Dr. Tama, if um, you agree with this and, or not, but we are in pain, not because of the events that take place in our lives. We are in pain because our, of our judgment and our judgment of ourselves because of those events. And so one of the most important things that we can learn to do is to hold ourselves whole and worthy mm -hmm. regardless of our circumstances or experiences. Yeah. One of the great examples of that that comes to mind as you were saying that was what we call internalized oppression, which is when I come to believe the lies that have been told about my group, right? Yes. So like sexism, racism, all these things, heterosexism exists. And then when I have become bombarded with those and actually now believe the lie that I am worthless, yes. that I um, don't have any contribution, yes. that I, you know, that it uh, adds an additional weight that locks us in. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That, that I am limited mm -hmm. to this external notion of me. Yeah. So, um, which, you know, takes us all the way back to how we started. It speaks to the absolute importance of developing a relationship with self. We have to, um, in, in the book, um, the little book of Big Lies, one of, the, um, one of the strategies mm -hmm. that uh, I use in the Inner Fitness Project, and the Inner Fitness Project is my passion work, yeah. right? So the Inner Fitness Project is, uh, our mission is to have Inner Fitness be as familiar, well understand, well, well understood, and actionable and accessible as physical fitness is in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, we have an acronym uh, and it's uh, CREW UP, C-R-E-W-W, -W, UP. And what that stands for is that it gives us the ability to totally and accurately, in a way that the subconscious can agree with, mm -hmm. redefine ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we redefine ourselves as you, me, everyone listening, no matter what you've been through, no matter what the challenges are, no matter how you know um, poorly you have seen yourself or how dramatic or traumatic your life has been up until now, the truth is that you are innately creative, innately resilient, innately given the power, empowered to choose how you experience the things in your external world, innately whole and innately worthy. Yes. And when we take on that new definition, mm -hmm it literally begins to gird us. Mm -hmm. Which, as I was reading, you gave me a flashback, a, a good flashback to my grandmother's refrigerator. She had a sign on the refrigerator, which you 
quote in the book, God don't make junk. Right. And hers that's said, right. God don't make no junk. That's right. Right? That's right. So that's that piece of our, you say, innately, that's like right. resilient, that's genius, right. creativity, that's like right. that's who we are. That's right. And the lies that have been intentional to talk us out of our worth and value, right? And so what it means, what has it meant for you to come home to yourself? That's a beautiful question. Well, it's 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 everything. Yeah, you know, I said uh, that. Uh, well, I knew early in life that I wanted to be an actress, mm-hmm. uh, and it was the only thing that I wanted to do. The only you know career that I ever imagined mm-hmm. for myself, and so being um, in the struggle with the um, residual from that stage fright, that debilitating stage fright experience, that was rough, right? Um, Particularly as you try to navigate something that nobody's talking about. We're so lucky that today, you know, there's a, there are books being published every month that are giving insight to how the brain and our emotions work. But that wasn't the case for me. And that wasn't the case in general just 15 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. 10 years ago, we this conversation would, would be an anomaly, you know, and it would make a lot of listeners uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And today, yeah. people are leaning in. We so want to, we already know that we're having these experiences and we are just, you know, praying and happy when anyone can impart Mm -hmm. some information that can help that journey. Yes. And speaking of the journey, how can people get the book and how can they learn more? So... Uh, again, this this is my passion work, and um, like you, uh, I, I loved when I asked you, you know, what do you love about it? And it's just being able to see people come back to themselves. So um, that's what I'm committed to, and the book was one of the ways in which I was able to uh, take the information that I have learned and in 14 stories, uh, share it in a way that, that, that you really get what you need. You get tools, you know, you get, you get at the back of each story, there Mm -hmm. are absolutely like at least three things that you can do to make that story your own and and take the the information and make it actionable in your life. That was missing mm-hmm. when I was looking for help myself, yeah. right? So uh, that was important to me. I also... Which, can I just say, I love when we turn around and fill in the gaps. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you know what you were looking for and it wasn't there. And so like once I get it for me to then make it accessible to other people. Well, you know, I mean, I, I now believe mm-hmm. that this universe is far more orchestrated, loving and connected yeah. because without that stage fright, mm. I would not be here in this journey and conversation. Yeah. 
And this journey and conversation is everything. That's right. You know, so so I'm loving that stage fright. And I'm loving it because Mm -hmm. I can truly speak to the human experience and condition. Right. And not speak at people, Mm -hmm. but know the overwhelm that happens. Yeah. No, I mean, one of the things that, that was so frustrating is how is it that I can, you know, be so capable in this area of my life. Mm And look so confident, mm-hmm. and yet in this area, just be overwhelmed and not know what to do. Yeah. And I was like, I bet you everyone mm-hmm. is feeling that way. Yeah. And so I made I made it a very actionable thing. You can go to my website, which is www.tinalifford.com. Um, and we actually do every weekend... Um, inner fitness workouts online Ah. the same way that you might go to a yoga studio, Mm -hmm. right? And go through the asanas and keep building your inner, uh, your, your flexibility. Mm -hmm. That's what we're doing online. Um, and you can find out the details on my website. Oh, wonderful. So you all want to do this. I didn't ask you ahead of time, but usually we give a homework is there an activity from the book or yes. just from your experience that they could do before you all listen next week? So yes. you have this week to do this exercise. Yes. Um, it, this is, this like opened, turned on lights when I first learned this simple phrase, up until now and from this point forward. One of the challenges we have is... Um, not believing that we can change. We have dealt with some pains, some challenges for so long that they have convinced us, they have hypnotized us Mm. into believing that there really is no way out. And one of the ways that we can begin to recondition our sense of what's possible Mm -hmm. is to make the agreement with yourself That whenever you talk about your historical pain, Mm -hmm. whenever you think about it, from this point forward, say, up until now, I have thought this way. Mm -hmm. Up until now, it has been this way. Mm -hmm. Up until now, I have felt this way. But from this point forward, it can change. Because what happens is when you do that, Mm -hmm. you literally feel an opening. Mm. And truth just needs an opening. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's good. Yes, that's all it needs. <laughs> Thank you. Up until now, mm-hmm. it has been this way. But from, this, but point from forward, this point forward, things can be better. Things can be better. Things can change. Things can change. Yes. You all, I know you're excited. Does it feel good? Yes, it does. It <laughs> opens it right on up. So thank you so much. Mm-hmm. We are honored. You all need to go out and get the book. And now it's like hot off the press. Yeah. It's only been out a few months. Yeah. So you all will be the champions of yeah. inner fitness. Yes. And so I invite your soul mm-hmm. to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home. Mm-hmm. Beautiful.